This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. everyone and welcome to another episode of Dojo Live here July 13th of 2022. My name is Kim Lantis and it's my pleasure to be with you today. Co-hosting along with me is America Guerrero. Hey everybody, it's nice to be here. Hi America, nice to see you again. And of course, the star of the show, today's guest, Ken Muir, who is the CEO of BukuShip. Thank you, Ken, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate everybody. Yeah. Appreciate being here. Our pleasure. We really look forward to learning from you today. And our topic today is going to be really exciting, something that I think every company should be excited and focused, excited about and focused on, which is trust and, and brand loyalty. But before we get into the specifics of today's topic, we'd really like to get to know you a lot better, Ken. I know that you're airing here from a term which I feel like I should have known that I didn't know, Silicon Slopes in Salt Lake City, Utah. But what else can you tell us about yourself, Ken? We'd like to get to know you a bit better. Uh, well, I'm, I'm an engineer at heart. Um, spent uh, the early part of my career just really focused on building great software, you know, fingers on keyboards, designing software. Um, spent uh, 16 years or so uh, I'm a former Novell veteran, and I'm proud of that. Uh, Novell is a great Utah company, established everything you see here. So, spent quite a long time at Novell. Uh, spent some time, uh, moved more into the management and the business side at Novell. I always joke with my my engineers, who I still have a nice kinship with. I got my managerial lobotomy and uh, quit quit writing code. Uh, so, uh, um, it happens to the best of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's my second time being a CEO. I was uh, fortunate enough and, and proud to have led a company based in Montreal called Guava, where we specialized in information security and information management and archiving. Uh, led that company for five plus, almost six years, and we had a, a fantastic exit back in uh, 2016. And, you know, I, I worked for a little bit longer for the company that we sold to and then uh, took a little time off uh, and it timed right with the pandemic. So that was kind of kind of good. But I, I always knew, you know, I wanted to get back in into a, a startup. I wanted to get back into a smaller company. And, uh, you know, the right opportunity came along when I was approached by the founders of Buku. And, uh, you know, this company just had what I was looking for. Great culture, great problem set that we're looking and that we're solving and uh, people who are deep industry experts in this, uh, in, in the shipping industry, in the e-commerce shipping industry. And, you know, my role is to come in and uh, help us transform into being a true software player. Nice. And I mean, there definitely is a, a space, particularly with the pandemic, I imagine in e-commerce, a, a vertical that grew a lot when people are working from home, doing everything from their home. So in that sense, I think the timing is great as well. But let's talk more about Buku and what it is that you do specifically, that aha moment, the problem that your company solves. So yeah, it's a good question. So what we do at Buku is you have to think of this, and I can't talk about my hand. So, anybody, so I'm kind of, totally a hand talker too, Steve. So the way <laughs> I always, always frame our elevator pitch like this. So Sitting in between a brand. So a brand is anyone who's selling online. 
but we focus on the customer experience level between the brand and the end buyer for all things related to shipping. That's why we built what we refer to as an e-commerce shipping customer experience or CX platform. We break it down into two pieces. We break it down into the experience the customer has with the brand as they're buying or as they're checking out. We call it our checkout CX. And so we are the ones that underneath, we make sure that the shopping cart is the source of truth for everything that happens. So the first thing is we inject in there multiple shipping rates and the time frame in which that is going to arrive. Nobody wants to come to a cart. You know, if you're like me, you forget your anniversary and you know, all of a sudden you're going to buy something great. You get to that last step, you had the best experience and there's one shipping option. It doesn't tell me when they're going to get it. And what do I do? I'm out. I got, I got to know when that's going to come and I want multiple choices. So we help the brands provide those choices. The other thing we do for the brand is we enable them to ship internationally. So we calculate fully loaded um, duties and taxes all the way to the end point solving a big pain point there because a lot of e-commerce merchants, they're kind of afraid of, of uh, you know, going international. We help them with their compliance, with the regulatory filings. We make international shipping very easy. So those are the key tenets of our in-the-cart customer experience part of our platform. And then what, there's what we call delivery CX. So the delivery side is that experience that happens once the purchase has been made. And we are uh, building and we'll continue to build out our platform but we don't believe it's the right experience to say, you know, it's great that you say, hey, thanks for your order. Um, you know, Kim, I, I appreciate it. Here's your tracking number. Well, at that point, you click on that and you go off to some garbage website. The experience is just not that great. We want to continue in our platform providing, enabling the brand to continue to provide that customer, that shipping experience from the point that the purchase is made all the way through tracking it making sure it's guaranteed to get there, providing uh, the ability to chat with us and initiating a return if that's necessary, including mm -hmm. and there's a lot of other features for what we're building nice. out. Nice. So even though companies are probably utilizing other companies to fill in some of these gaps in the shipping components, with Buku, it feels sort of streamlined or compatible or even in that same, as if the company itself was, was continuing that process. Exactly. It's an integrated experience instead of a chopped up experience relying mm -hmm. on other continuity. People. Yeah, that exactly. was the word I was looking for. And it, it had escaped me and then it came back. So I had to interrupt you. I'm sorry. The continuity of it all. I love it. Perfect. That's a really amazing space and a really interesting approach um, to what we're actually focused on today, which is the what's the topic of today's show, America? Today, we're going to talk about building trust in e-commerce consumers. So the question is, how can online retailers create trust and increase brand loyalty? Could you share with us why you choose this topic or how? Uh -huh. How does this work? Uh, why we choose the topic? Yeah, um, sure. Why? Sorry, why? Yeah, so um, the topic, you know, as you said, is building trust of e-commerce consumers. And we chose it because that's, that's specifically... The space that we're playing in that is what we do we we enable and help our brands really establish that trust with the end, end consumer and you know when we think about this you know it, you know it starts for for anyone selling online i mean first you have to have a great product that's that's pretty uh simple um you know but there's a lot of great products out there um and you know you also have to have a market that has real pain points to sell that product but third 
the really differentiator and why we chose this is really how do you build that trust and brand loyalty? Because products, lots of people have products, lots of people, you know, there's a dressable market, but this is really what differentiates the, the haves from the have nots. And so we thought that'd be a great topic to talk about. Well, let's start there. Like, why would you say that trust and brand loyalty are really the differentiators here? Why is that the thing that we should really be focusing on? You know, of course, once we have a solid product, once we've learned how to market that product appropriately, but why? What is so important about trust and brand loyalty? Because the steps to doing that, you know, those are the key pieces that where you can go and actually execute. You know, you can, you know, your product can have a little bit of differentiation. Again, you're all going into the same market. But if you can serve that customer better, if you can do things and I'll go through a couple of them. So let me, let me just kind of work through this for a sec. So first, you know, it's important for, for a brand to, to have a personality. You know, it's, it's, you know, and today, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's with the internet and everything, it's easy to find widget X. You know, if you're, if you're an online brand, you're selling widget X, there's going to be 10 of those. So, you know, that, that's a blessing, but it also can be a curse because it, you, your product might be a little bit better, but at that point you haven't established that. So, you know, given that it's easy for customers to find you, there's lots of others, it's important to make the brand actually trust you. And, you know, an easy way to do this is you have to let them know who you are and who your, your who, you know, your team is. And I like to use an example, you know, we all see it out there, you know, you got a lot of these online influencers. I mean, people who make crazy amounts of money endorsing brands. Um, you know, I have someone here in our company who actually does very, very well at this. One thing that's really interesting is you see a lot of these influencers opening up their own stores because people, and sometimes millions and millions of followers, um, they look at that and they say, look, I trust anything that person endorses. So if that person now has a store yep. and is selling, you know, that trust has already already you know been established. Um, you know, one of the one of our clients, and I, I'm gonna point to our clients multiple times because you know that that is our culture. We focus on our customers we support our customers and one of our clients again i don't know if you can totally see it up there but um they've done an amazing job it's the board game called we're not really strangers um they've done an amazing job developing a brand personality that really makes their their consumers feel seen and makes them have a feeling of, of community and while it's a simple card game it's a great card game um, but it's turned into a thriving e-commerce store and you know, it's important for to, to, you know, relate to your consumers and, you know, to make sure they understand who you are and what you stand for. So that, that's really the first point is, you know, building a personality behind your brand. Um, do you want me to roll thank forward? You. No, no, <laughs> thank you. I think, no, I think it's a really great point. The personality that needs to be there. And also I know there's this adage and even a statistic, like when, Somebody has a a poor experience with their com with your company. They're actually more likely to tell more people than when they have a good experience. And so I think that it's very important to a avoid bad experiences and b increase the quantity of good experiences in order to you know pr protect that and create that trust and create that loyalty. So how involved is is shipping in? creating trust and brand loyalty. Why, in, from your view, is this such a strong component of the e-commerce experience? Um, you know, th there's, a, there's a couple things. So number one, I kind of brought up a nice example of, 
you know, if if you when you go to check out, you know, for any brand who's selling online, online, when you go to check out, the decision at that point should just be it should be nothing more than how quick do I want it. Um, you know, that, that's really important to, to have. And so, you know, if you have something, if, if they're still trying to decide about, you know, it's not clear when they're going to get it. It's not clear of the transparency of what's going to happen once they click purchase. You know, that that makes that very important. And if you don't have that, it's going to lead to card abandonment. So, you know, in, in addition, and as I roll back through, you know, several things, you know, in, in addition to having that personality, um, you know, your brand has to have a mission. Um, it has to have a mission, the reason behind why you're doing what you're doing. Um, you know, I, I point to, I, I had the opportunity to attend Patterns to Accelerate con, uh, Conference a while back. And Kristen Bell was there talking about Hello Bello. And one of the things, you know, her mission is she wants to get premium products to mothers at a very affordable price. And she, you know, you look and, and you look at their mission and you look at what they do and the way that they've created their trust. I think that's an absolute um, great example of having a mission, having a personality in a business, and then specifically, you know, establishing that and staying true to what it is that you're trying to solve and how you're trying to help people. And, you know, when I when I translate that back to Buku, you know, we have a simple mission. Our, you know, when I look at all of our customers, our customers don't want to deal with, with shipping. Shipping is a necessary evil to them. So our mission is to enable our customers to focus on their business and not on their shipping. And while nice. it's very simple, it's it's a very powerful mission that, that, that we rally around as a company. Nice. You actually mentioned the statistic cart abandonment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious about that. Like, do you have any point of references, let's say, of companies, their cart abandonment rate, if it's they're use, utilizing something like BukuShip to enhance this experience versus not utilizing something like BukuShip, how are you able to impact that particular number? Yeah, exactly. It's a good question. So we have a whole set of use cases that we'll rework through, but one really sticks out in mind, and I'm not going to not going to give the, the company name, but they used to provide just the options that uh, are provided from Shopify, for example. And that, that Shopify, you know, it was, it was one rate. And while it was free, which everybody says, you know, everybody likes free, it still did not have an associated time to actually do the, the delivery. And so by us helping them and coming in, so their card abandonment rate prior to us coming in was running right between 35 and 40%. And we point right to the fact that they weren't saying when, they weren't setting the expectation of when the product would arrive. By working with us, we injected into their cart three accurate lanes. One was still free, one, you know, free shipping, three to five days. One was expedited, you know, two to three days. And one was, uh, you know, overnight type thing, which is one to two days. And by just simply providing those choices, nothing else really, not talking about anything else that's going behind the scenes and rate savings and all that, but just by injecting those, we took their abandonment rates from in that 35 to 40% down closer to 15%. That's significant. People, yeah. if, they don't, if they don't have those options, they're, they're going to abandon that card. Especially because I think you've got so much work that's led up to even get somebody in your cart and then to lose them at that point is like, Exactly. Imagine, right. so imagine, imagine that abandonment through peak season. I mean, this is why right now is such an important time. You know, we're, we're pounding everybody we talk to right now. Now's the time to make sure 
that you're doing these things and they're fairly simple to do so that when mm -hmm. peak season comes along, you're not having that, you know, that continue high rate of card abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a word that you utilized when talking about this and that word was accurate. And I think it actually makes a nice segue into a, a listener, uh, watcher, Dojo Live fan who actually has a question for you. What is that question? Where yeah, this question, yeah. yeah, this question is from Antonio Osuna and he says, hi, I used to work at a tortilla company that shipped from Massachusetts. Most of the extra costs and issues came from when product was loaded, unloaded. How do you guarantee tracking and delivery? Delivery. Yeah, so we we establish trust down with not only, you know, are we in the cart with the rates, but we work with 3PLs, we work with fulfillment, and we make and we work with multiple carriers and vast uh, uh, array of carriers to make sure that we understand what's happening all the way down through fulfillment, all the way down to the carrier. We know what their SLAs are. You know, all carriers have a specific SLA. But we have something that's strategically different. We have a massive amount of data. We have an artificial intelligence component that looks down into the data set and can actually override the rates that are being injected. We can go and actually look and say, hey, I know that carrier X typically would deliver into Oklahoma in two to three days. But right now, carrier Y for a less price is actually beating that SLA. So what gets served up into the cart is a totally different shipping lane, if you will. And so that, so our data plus our relationships all the way down through the carrier is what enables us to accurately predict all costs and the time that package will arrive. Wow. Excuse my ignorance here, but I'm going to ask you, what does SLA mean? A service level agreement. So, okay. so, yeah, so like a carrier, um, you know, will say, hey, this, this form of shipping, we will get it there no later than. 72 hours or no later than 24 hours, depending on mm -hmm. the, the price, basically. Nice. So what does this engagement look like for you as, as like a business standpoint? So you've got the carriers that you work with, you're accessing their data and utilizing that with your own software and technical know-how to make this better experience for the ultimate e-commerce player, right? Mm -hmm. a, a seller. So mm -hmm. is your client, your clients are the e-commerce companies or are you also clients with the carriers or what does that partnership look like? My assumption here is you're also helping business for your carriers turn out better, we right? Are. So, you're, you're, you're spot on. Um, so our end customer per se is actually is the brand. I mean, that is the, the tip of the spear, but our partnerships go down through the warehouses and the three PLs. Because we could, you know, their, their differentiator and the reason the way that they serve their clients is by, you know, meeting their levels of, of agreement. You know, if, if they get when they get the orders, they get them picked and packed and put in a box and get a shipping label put onto it in a, in a very quick manner. And that's part of their service. The other service that a lot of the warehouses offer is what the actual carrier rates are. When we talk to these carriers, They're looking for more ways to add value to their customers, which again is the, is the brand. And so we go to them and they offer, when conjunction with us, our platform, which then helps them, helps them provide more value. And we actually do, a, a, it's the same philosophy we have, we do the, uh, with our brands. We make money when our brands make money. We don't charge up front. We don't charge our brands anything up front. This is 100% dedicated to making your business better, whether that's the brand or whether I'm talking about down through fulfillment and you know with, with a warehouse. 
We want to help them drive more business and the way they drive business is serving their customer and the way that brands drive business is better serving their customer. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's perfect. So I see how you really fit in and what is like the proactive, proactive side, right? Preventing shipping problems and more elements and everything before they even start. But we do live in the real world and and crap happens, snowstorms and flooding and flat tires and whatever else. So does BucoShip also help on the reactive side if I, as a company, am not able to fulfill that that promise, right, of whatever the shipping might look like, whatever that engagement might look like? Are you able to help make that experience a better experience as well? Yeah, so there's some really important things here. Customers, so go all the way back to the end consumer. The end consumer also is aware that, as you put it, crap happens. Okay. They're aware, you know, there are some things that are unforeseeable. What they expect from the brand is they expect proactive outreach. They don't want to wait three weeks and then say, oh, yeah, we did lose that package in that, you know, truck that had the fire by the side of the road. They want to hear it from the brand, sometimes even before they know it, that, hey, something happened to your package. And to provide that superior customer experience, they want to have another package in route to them. We enable through a system that we have to actually track and alert uh, both the warehouse and with our delivery CX um, portion of our platform, we have the ability to actually help our brands provide that better experience for when stuff does happen. And there can also be automated responses. I don't know, this is just me. You utilize this if it's a feature that you haven't thought about yet. (laughs) Like, what about like, crud, this happened and here's a 15% off discount for your next order. Or are you also utilizing promotions in those kind of reactive elements? We do. Um, I'm straddling the line here and I want to be clear because part of us building trust is a couple of these pieces is still what, you know, our team of developers are there still building out. We have the majority of what I've talked about in our platform. But one thing when you talk about that in-card experience. And we talk to our brands about this all the time. If you wanna do proactive outreach and if you wanna offer those discounts, we provide the ability that they can actually, you know, make an extra quarter or actually take what's an expense in their shipping. And because we have the actual data, we can enable them to, you know, if they wanna break even, if they wanna lose a certain amount of money or even if they wanna monetize um, their shipping, that then enables them to do more of those proactive outreaches to say, hey, look, I know your package was delayed a day. Here's a 20% off coupon to, you know, for, for the hassle. Again, building loyalty with the end consumer um, is, you know, all, all fits right within what Buku provides. Very cool. Sorry, I just had a, a delay there I, um, because Antonio is really into your talk today and he actually has another question based off of what you just said. And he says, that is so cool. <laughs> Do you have open APIs or develop custom APIs to integrate your platform with other platforms? And he said, if we wanted to view order, etc. cetera. Um, yep. And then if not, do you have some sort of EDI? So you mentioned, yes, we have the, the API integration. We do. We, we have a nice set of APIs. Um, you're never going to, it's never good enough. I mean, I sit there and push on these types of things all the time, but uh, you know, we'll continue to build upon it every single, every single release um, to add to that. Very cool. I can see that what you do actually, it, it's, it's funny because it sounds simple, right? Like, oh, this makes sense. But 
if you've ever worked in delivery or manufacturing or anything of the sort, you know that is anything but simple. So taking it back to Bukuship, we're actually at the final minutes of our show today. I wanted to talk about your company a little bit more, the company culture. What types of players, what are the type of people who work for you to make this happen? Where do you focus your energies and um, what's the culture that you're building? Well, first of all, no one works for anyone. Um, we work for Buku. We work for our customers. And I, I really think, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been, I've been in this industry for almost 30 years. And the one thing that's attracted, that attracts me to Buku, and the one thing that has become so embedded into our culture is that concept of the more we can help our customers make money, the more we can make money. That's why we don't, we don't charge subscription rates. We don't do it that way. A subscription means you're going to pay me a hundred or two hundred dollars for my service, and you know, we hope your business does great. When you have a transactional per you know percentage of the actual sales that your brand is making, it incentivizes us to make the brand sell more in any way. And again, we're focused on the shipping area. There's whole great companies like like Pattern and Grove and others that you know actually help them with that online presence, but. We help them specifically in that way. And we, we know that if we can help drive sales, um, it comes into our pocket. And our AEs, so our AEs also handle all the account management even after the sales done. Why? Because they know if they go back in 30 days or 60 days later and they look at something and say, hey, there's an optimization we could make or we could change a lane here that's going to add X, Y, and Z to, to, your, to your customer's experience, you know, they're incented to do it and it helps the company. So they remain very much engaged. And I think that's just an absolute foundational piece to why, you know, Buku's become one of the fastest growing, uh, well, it is the fastest growing platform in e-commerce shipping. Nice. I, I think that, that that model that you laid out of not being a, a subscription, mm-hmm. but a part of, of, you know, the, the, the fruit of your labor, right? The proof being in the pudding is really great. And it's interesting to me because there's this, that extension of the trust and the brand loyalty, not only for the, the brands that you work with to their consumers, but also your clients, the brands, right? In the sense that like you, you're so confident in your job well done that you're willing to, yep. to, to bill it that way. And I think that speaks a lot for you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your people. Um, what do you look, look for in the people who work with Bukuship and not for Bukuship. Um, what's your company culture like? Um, well, our company culture is, it's not going to be any, uh, on certain aspects, it's not dissimilar to other, other small companies. I mean, when you get in a big company, you know, and I've been in billion dollar companies and four and a half billion dollar, you know, companies, um, and then uh, two startups. The most interesting thing, the thing I love about a startup, and I always repeat this, I'll scrub toilets if it'll help us serve our customers or if it'll help us make another buck. You can't say, I do this job. You need to be uh, have the ability to either do multiple things at once or the desire to learn something else that may not be specifically in your job description. That's a big differentiator. And that's why I love this team so much. We have, you know, my, my head of our, our head of product is an amazing salesperson. And, you know, we, we onboarded last month, we, we onboarded 56 new customers. Um, so we're, we're clipping along at a pretty good clip. Wow. And, 
a lot of people had to jump in because we, we did 20 plus of those in the last week. We had, I mean, our CFO was onboarding people, our chief product officer, you know, along with our support people. Um, I'm the only, I'm almost the only one who didn't, and I plan on doing it next time. <laughs> I feel left out. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I think you said, you know, this willingness to be yeah. able to do something that's beyond maybe what your immediate job description is, but also the freedom, I think, to be able to do that, which I think is beautiful to have your eyes open and look where I can help what needs to be needed. And I'm going to own that. And I think. Yeah. And that's what we look for. in, in uh, one thing that we look for in, in our people, the other thing is this sales focused culture. Um, you know, almost everybody in our office knows somebody who's selling online. Um, I had a neighbor, they run an amazing athletic wear um, company here in Utah I knew, you know, just going up to them, I, I knew how much I could help them. And so we, we have a lot of friends that are our customers. And it's because mm-hmm. our employees and our, our team goes out and says, hey, they have that confidence to go out to their neighbor, go out to someone that they really care a lot about. And, and it's not just a sales pitch. It's, hey, come talk to us. I know we can help you. And that sales-focused culture all the way through the entire body of the company is is an important part and something else I'm very proud of at Buku. So if you, yeah, if you want to be one of the customers, you don't need to have that sweet spot, right? You can, no, there is no it like can be limits. Jan selling her jelly down in the corner or, or a huge corporate. Exactly. Yeah, we, we have customers that range from 100,000 packages being shipped out each and every month to customers that might do 10. And, uh, you know, that, do, that doesn't matter. Um, it's so easy to deploy our system that, you know, we don't have to have some minimal threshold and we don't charge onboarding or upfront fees. Again, it's just, you know, join up with the, with the Buku platform. And uh, as you sell, you know, you have a, a small percentage of that, you know, passes on to, mm-hmm. to, to us, but it's realized, you know, 10X in the savings that a customer will have. Yeah. And, and not just in their savings, but in their sales, if you're talking about a decrease of, 20% in your cart abandonment, yeah. right? Um, that's, that's amazing. Well, yeah, thank you so one, much. Let me, let me hit one more. Sorry. I want to hit one more. Sure, one more go thing. ahead. It's a little bit of a shameless plug, but one other thing, and <laughs> I kind of missed it earlier when I was going through things, but you know, the transparency element, shipping's complicated and shipping rates and what's happening and who's, you know, taking margin where, you know, along the chain is, is something that is complicated when people go to, you know, find the right person that they're working with to do their shipping. We're super, super transparent with that because we are a software company. And while we hold some of the best rates in the industry, we're not in this to make money on rates. We're in this to increase sales and make money on, you know, the actual software part of our business. So we, we just flat out lay things out on the table for our customers and say, look, these are the rates we have. If you have better rates, let's use your rates. Otherwise, if you want our rates, you're going to get them at this cost because we don't have to make money there. We're making money, our money up here as you sell. And again, that's another way that we can establish better trust, that we can differentiate ourselves of our customers, just like an online uh, brand would then do the same as they provide the offerings and the, the shipping costs to their customers. Yes, little, little to no risk at all. I love yeah. it.
Well, thank you so much, Ken, for teaching us uh, your insight, allowing us to learn from you and your tech and how we're able to make customer satisfaction, loyalty, and uh, just the all-around experience a lot better, um, focusing on shipping. Very good. Um, wish you and Vukuship nothing but success in the future. And there's my daughter. I don't know if you can hear her out, but she's <laughs> desperately calling for me at the door. <laughs> can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was one, I thought it was one, of, our, I thought it was one of our sales guys or engineers nope. trying to talk that up. Oh, welcome to to live shows and working from home. Love it. Great. All right, love thank it. you. So we do not have a, a live show on Thursday because we're going to be having our all hands, but do catch us Monday at 12 o'clock Pacific for our recap show. Thank you again, Ken, for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks, Cam, and thanks, America. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.